This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. Today I'm going to talk about spiritual sight. Before they were called prophets, or Christ anointed one, or Buddha awakened one, or Yani knowing one, or Arhat worthy one, they were called seers. The Hebrew scriptures say that was a term used in the time of the prophet Samuel. It reads, the prophet of today was formerly called the seer. Such people were able to see with spiritual eyes what could not be seen with physical eyes. Jesus called this being born again. He said unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This spiritual sight is what I am talking about today. In this episode, I am looking at the story found in the ninth chapter of the Gospel of John. It is a story of Jesus healing a man born blind. On the surface, this is about physical sight and physical healing. But Jesus makes it clear it's really about spiritual sight and spiritual healing. It's not about being visually impaired, but being spiritually impaired. The first thing the story addresses are the psychological barriers to seeing the kingdom of God. Seeing the kingdom of God is, of course, just another term for a spiritual awakening or enlightenment or liberation or salvation. Seekers can be very frustrated with the fact that they don't seem to be able to see this non-dual reality. They may have been on a spiritual search for years, perhaps all their lives, and still they don't see. So Jesus addresses that issue first. Jesus encounters a man who had been physically blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Do you hear the guilt in the question? The disciples are trying to figure out whose fault it is. They're trying to find someone to blame for the condition of this man, either the man himself or his parents. Likewise today, there's a lot of blame going around in religion. There's a lot of guilt. I have heard Christianity called a guilt management system. It's not just Christianity. The Indian idea of karma and reincarnation blames a person's past conduct and previous lives for their present condition. That's just a variation on the blame the victim game. Guilt is a psychological obstacle to spiritual realization. And Jesus here in the story does not hesitate to refute the guilt trip. Jesus answered the disciples, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents. 
but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. He's saying that it was not this man's fault that he was born physically blind. And it's not our fault that we cannot see the kingdom of God. He says we need to stop dwelling on the past and see the opportunity in the present. He says it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. The Buddha said a similar sort of thing when people came to him wanting to know the reason for human suffering. He said it was like a man being struck with an arrow wanting to know all about the arrow. What kind of wood the shaft was made of? What kind of feathers were on it? What type of bow was used to shoot it? Who shot it? And why? Etc. Buddha said, forget all that. You'll be dead before you have all the answers. Just take the arrow out. That was the Buddha's way of cutting through the theoretical and getting to the practical. Jesus says that the solution to the man's blindness is, I am. Jesus gives one of his I am statements here in response. He says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And Jesus had just said in the previous chapter, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The I am statements, as I've said before, are about Jesus' eternal nature and identity and our eternal nature and identity. Here Jesus is saying that he is the light of the world. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Christ's true nature and our true nature is the cure for spiritual blindness. The next issue that Jesus deals with is spiritual practices. That's another obstacle to spiritual sight. People feel like they need to do something in order to be able to spiritually see what Jesus could see and was talking about the same today. Christians think they have to follow a bunch of moral rules or believe a bunch of theological doctrines in order to be saved. In Eastern spiritual traditions, they think they need to practice the right spiritual discipline or have the right spiritual teacher or meditate using the right spiritual technique. So they do all the right things and they wonder why it doesn't work. Some people believe in spiritual techniques. Apparently, the man in the story did. So that's what Jesus gives him. Jesus spit on the ground, made mud from the saliva, applied mud to the, to the man's eyes, and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man did as he was told. He left and washed and came back seeing. Jesus didn't need to do those things, and neither did the man. Jesus had done and would do many other healings without any such theatrics. Not about magic mud, or sacred spit, or holy water. It's about the light of the world. When it comes to spiritual awakening, it's not about techniques. When it comes to salvation, 
It's not about beliefs. It's all about identity. That is why this story moves quickly from the healing to focus on the identity of Jesus. The rest of the chapter is all about the religious leaders questioning the man about who healed him and who exactly Jesus is. The answer is already given before the miracle happened. I am the light of the world. The man ends up becoming a follower of Jesus. And we are told that the religious leaders decided to excommunicate from the synagogue any one who followed Jesus. This is the way that traditional religious leaders think. They are threatened by anything that does not fit into their religious system. In the story, Jesus has a discussion about this with the religious leaders, with the Pharisees in particular. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, so that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. The Pharisees said to him, We are blind then? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now that you maintain we see, your sin remains. This is an indictment of traditional religious thinking. What we might call today the institutional church or organized religion, which is represented by the Pharisees in this story. These are the people who are convinced that they're right, that they have it all figured out, that they know the truth, and everyone else are heretics and are mistaken and are deceived and are, are lost. That kind of closed-mindedness is dangerous. It's the greatest obstacle to spiritual sight. Such spiritual pride and arrogance keep people from seeing the kingdom of God. I see this present in my own tradition of Christianity, especially the more rigid forms of it, like fundamentalism and evangelicalism and other conservative forms of Christianity. Although I have to say I, that liberals and progressives can be very close-minded also in their own way. Like the Pharisees, they say, we see, yet according to Jesus, they are blind. As the Tao Te Ching says, those who speak do not know, those who know do not speak. So where does that leave the spiritual seeker of today? It leaves us with grace. First of all, put down the guilt. Guilt and shame are spiritual poison. Run away quickly from any religious leader or church or spiritual community that piles on the guilt and then says they can sell you a cure for the guilt. They're just snake oil salesmen. It's not your fault. So don't beat yourself up any longer. When it comes to spiritual practices, there's nothing that you can do or not do. So relax. Simply rest in the grace of God. It's not about doing the right things in the right way. It's not about 
belonging to the right group or holding to the right beliefs. Those are spiritual dead ends. It's about identity. Spiritual identity. Christ's identity and our identity. That's what the story teaches. When we see what we are, we see who Christ is and God is. That is spiritual awakening. That is self-realization. We see that Jesus is the light of the world and we are the light of the world. And we see everything else in that light. We see the world as it is and not as the illusion that it appears to be. We see reality. That is what it means to see the kingdom of God and to enter the kingdom of God. There's no trick to seeing this. The truth is that all of us already see this at some level. We're just not recognizing that and paying attention to that. We already see because this is who we are. Just that we've ignored it, which is what ignorance means. The Pharisees knew it, but they refused to see it. That's why Jesus called them blind, willfully, spiritually blind. He calls them elsewhere. Blind leaders, the blind leading the blind. Jesus came into the world so that all may see. That was his mission. He said, I came into this world so that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. He came that we might see that we are the light of the world by which the world sees. That's it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.